the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast, the only podcast devoted to making soul music relevant again. Let's get started with your host, Todd Woodson. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast. My guest today is a talented singer, songwriter from Canada. Montreal. <laughs> Her name is Angela Nasib. Did I mm-hmm. pronounce that right? Nashid. Nashid. Okay. Angela mm-hmm. Nashid. Um, I'd like to welcome you to the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> no problem. Now, you have an interesting story. Uh, I read your bio, and mm. you are currently, your latest song is a retake of an R&B soul classic by Marvin Gaye called Mercy, Mercy Me. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But before we do, i like to get a, get a fuller picture of your background. So tell us about Angela. How do you pronounce again? <laughs> Nashid. Nashid. Okay. Angela yeah. Nashid. Go That's for it. That's it. Um, well, my last name um, is Egyptian, so that's part of the pronunciation. So my parents are, are from Egypt. I grew up in a smaller city in uh, between Toronto and Montreal. And um, yeah, I've kind of been singing forever, but I didn't really pursue it until a little bit later and pretty much later in my life. So I moved to Toronto and I studied science and I did all that sort of stuff, exercise science, psychology, all this sort of stuff. Always singing and writing. And just as luck would have it, I just started meeting the right people and got encouragement here and there. And uh, one thing led to another. And I met this really awesome woman in Toronto called Paula Griffith. Um, She's a, a vocalist and also an artist. And she encouraged me to pursue like write an album and you know just do something for me you know and uh, it turned into a really big project I moved to Montreal to keep studying and then met producers here and was making it my side project and then yeah it stopped being a side project (laughs) I was like I just want to do this so I've been writing and singing since then Um, and yeah it's been an interesting it's just been an interesting journey just merging those two things like it was it was art was always sort of on the side and then education was my other part my background and then it just really switched so I've been singing and songwriting for probably the past eight years now and slowly pushing more things out it took a really long time to get that process going and yeah so I have that happening now in Montreal and um collaborating with different projects here and there. I'm on a reggae album, <laughs> which is like, who would have thought? So uh, it's been a fun journey. So that's just a really um, simple background of what I've been doing and who I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, did you come from a musical family? Did you, Is your family involved in music or it was just the love of music that sort of... My dad was a singer, um, oh, okay. but in, it, yeah, in Egypt he was a singer, but it was, again, it wasn't something he was pursuing professionally, but he always did it. Um, he's, he's like known for it in every community that we go to, whether we're there or in Canada. Um, it always, like, 
whenever we went to visit anybody, everyone would be like, oh, let, let my, like my dad's name's Yusri, they're like, let him sing, let him sing, everyone be quiet. And there'd be like 20 people in the room and everyone would be silent. There's no music playing and my dad would just sing. So that was a very cool, you know, I learned a lot about music just from the love of music, you know, just um, he'd always be playing songs and there were these really old Arabic songs in his case, <laughs> very poetic from the 50s, you know, they were living in a different era. And then of course me, I, I loved, loved, loved music. I love soul music. My favorite singer ever is Aretha Franklin uh, to me, you know, and I loved, you know, Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson. And I, I like um, all that conscious hip hop when I was growing up, you know, like most deaf until you call and obviously the roots. So there's just um, a certain substance in there that I really, really liked and gravitated to towards. So it is, um, from my family, it was the Arabic stuff, which was totally different then. <laughs> and not like current, like really old. So it's kind of like saying I grew up on Frank Sinatra, you know, it's just like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's my, that's my musical background, I guess. <laughs> okay. And you said you moved here from um, Egypt. Were you born in Canada or were you? I was born in Canada. Born in Canada. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, do you have uh, siblings that are in the music business too, or do you have any siblings? I do have two brothers. Um, one's actually a journalist. He's living in uh, Beirut right now. And me, so no music in that sense. And then my other brother, yeah, no, he doesn't do that either. So I'm really the only one that pursued any, in pretty much my whole family. Um, yeah, I'm the only one really doing that. I think I'm the only songwriter as well. Like, um, I think I may have gotten that from my grandmother. She was the only one that did that, so. Even my dad, he said he didn't really write music. It was really just the singing. So yeah, it's really like I have to find my way <laughs> in its own its own little niche, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, it's great to know that even though your family didn't pursue music, they were very supportive of you doing music. Yeah, and they we it was they love music. Yeah, especially like my brothers and my, my dad, we're everything, we love, love, love it. So, I mean, yeah. Okay. for sure <laughs> they love they, they love soul and r&b music as well uh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. big time okay. very passionate people <laughs> all right yeah. well how did you um how did you uh, get your start how did you you said you met some people how did um how did you become come to their attention we'll continue our episode after this message mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh i'm thinking of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm thinking of who mm -hmm. oh, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. babe. Mm -hmm. Feels like that wasn't mm -hmm. so far away. I was like, mm -hmm. really, you need that? Mm -hmm. Really, that was meant to me. Quick glance, I need that. Mm -hmm. Led to a sweet romance. Mm -hmm. Is it late? But first at a time, then came out of sight, then out of mind, as it is can be. But from far away, helpless, I feel some energy, and it says, I'm thinking of somebody else, and I'm sorry, sorry, but I'm thinking of, of somebody else. And I'm sorry But you didn't even know me But you didn't even know me 
a few miles out of the clouds. What can I say? What can I say? I saw you in a way that I could love. I saw you in a way that I could love. I saw you as something I could love. I saw you as someone I could love, and I Make me wonder, ponder, how, figure how What it is, I tips these points, I make some counters Last so long and then others just like you, you, you And I, and, and I'm thinking that I don't, didn't take so long at all And there's so much more to know And I wish you would have known Just a little more Well, my immaturity was still searching for something I watch you fade away Beyond my eye, I see it's the blue way Oh, there's so much more to know I wish you'd want to know Just a little more, sing it now Now, back to our conversation. So, um, it's, yeah, so it's my favorite story to tell, actually. So I was in, um, when I was in Toronto and I finished studying, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just try and, you know, pursue music for a little bit. So I thought I'd just go and sing on a cruise ship or something like that. And I went to an audition, and I totally had stage fright. Like, I was super shy, and I was super scared, and it was really tra traumatizing <laughs> so I started looking for um, a vocal coach and that's where I met this woman uh, Paula Griffith and she she literally changed my life so I met her and I started um, doing more performance work with her because I I already knew um, how, to, how to sing I guess like she helped me vocally but it wasn't really that wasn't as much of the issue and we just we're still very good friends actually um, she's one of my closest friends and I started getting very comfortable with her and I started showing her my writing, which I'd never really done to anyone before, but so okay. I guess, yeah, there was just a little bit of, she kind of brought that out of me and I was like, well, I write this and I do this and da da da. And she liked it and she was like, you should do, you should do this. So that's how I got my start um, with her. And then um, I moved to Montreal and I started working with, I, I've met a few people. It took a while to find like my collaborators, but the main person I work with now is, um, 
Alan Prater. He um, he's a, a artist, singer, um, producer. He works with. Um, Right now, he's with a band um, in Montreal called The Brooks. It's a funk band. They're um, kind of been up and around. And um, anyway, he's like he's been writing with me and working with me for quite a number of years now, and is producing my ne my next record. Um, and he's like the second life changer in my in my in my journey here. So I really wouldn't be where I'm at and with the music that I've been producing without him. So it's been fun. <laughs> okay. I was uh, doing some research on you a couple of days ago and I saw um, a um, short uh, documentary on YouTube uh, where you were recording. I don't know if it was in your apartment or someplace. That was Al Alan's place. Yeah. Alan, okay. So that's the gentleman you've been working with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's um he's from the States. He's from Jacksonville, Florida, actually. Okay. Moved to Montreal, I mean, years ago. And um so he did he worked with a bunch of musicians back back in back in the day, I guess. Um anyway, he's very cool. He's uh and he really likes to understand what I do. That's the thing that I like a lot about Alan. He's um he always says my ideas are unique. <laughs> So, but he goes with it, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> appreciate that, yeah. Yeah, let the artist so, be the artist, right? That's the, yeah, that's okay. the best thing. And that's hard to find, I found. I found. It's hard, because people, they're, they're creative and they want to impose. And um, the other side of it is to bring out, you know, what, um, like if you're producing somebody, you want to bring out their sound and who they are, you know, and try and understand what it is that they want to do. That's, that's the way, that's the kind of person I wanted to work with anyway. And that's how I would approach it if I were to work with someone. So, yeah, I'm lucky about that. But yeah, so that's Alan. Okay. So do you find that a lot of producers kind of want to keep you in their perceived box or what they think you should sound like? Or, um, like you said, not letting you be you? I, um, I found at the beginning it was like that. Um, but, I mean, it was understandable because this is, like, I, I didn't... Um, I mean, I had like little recordings on an iPod, you know what I mean? Like it was very unsophisticated. So I think it was hard for people to understand. And I was a bit younger, you know, so people want to put their more of an impression, what, what they think you should be, you know, um, I was more impressionable too. But now, no, it's not like that. But I also have a body of work, so it's a little bit different. Okay. Let me ask you one more question about uh, Toronto. Um, you know, growing up in the U.S. or living in the U.S. all my life, what is the music scene like for R&B and soul music in, in Toronto? What's that like? Toronto, I mean, I haven't been in Toronto for about 10 years now, but there is a big R&B. I mean, I'm sorry, Montreal. Montreal. Montreal, okay, yeah, but I can talk about both. It's just I haven't been in Toronto in a while. <laughs> I mean, Toronto has Drake, obviously, Jesse Reyes just came out of there, Alan Raymond. There's a bunch of amazing artists, and there's a huge underground scene, too. Um, Montreal, Montreal is very cool. It's very... Um, hard for me to describe it. I mean, it's the French, right? So you've got a huge French influence in there. Um, but Quebec, not France French. It's like, um, I don't know even how to describe it. It's, uh, I've never really been able to describe it, to be honest. But they have a big variety of people that you wouldn't expect to play certain types of music, play music, and they play it really well. And it's just, you, you, you kind of, it's diverse in unexpected ways and sounds coming from people that you probably wouldn't, um, you wouldn't have thought when, when looking at them. So it's not easy to stereotype. <laughs> yeah, I would say it that way. 
That makes in sense. my yeah. Okay. Um, are you a complete uh, independent artist, or are you signed with uh, a label? Or I am completely independent. Independent. Okay, so you're promoting and doing your own thing. Yeah, for now, yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm excited to have that grow a little bit because it's a lot on <laughs> on one plate. Yeah. But yeah, at the moment, that's the way it's going. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. fine. I mean, that's um, that's kind of the. Um, the artists we want to attract to the podcast, independent cool. artists who um, are just trying to, you know, make a way for themselves and put out good music. So, congratulations on that. Now let's Thank talk. You. Let's talk about <laughs> your first uh, your first release. When was that? Um, when was that? I think twenty sixteen. Now, uh, yeah, it was twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. It, um, it was called. It, it started off blue. Um, is an EP. I'll show it to you. It's uh, this guy. I even made it on vinyl, which is kind of fun. I know. I saw that. Yeah, it was really, yeah. Independent, totally all the way. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I want to make a record. (laughs) And um, yeah, I got um, this artwork from an artist in Montreal. And the idea was, even though, because a lot of people at the time didn't have, now it's becoming more popular, the vinyls, but even just a few years ago, it wasn't quite like that. So I was like, oh, you can hang it up on your wall. You don't have to have a record player. Like, actually, when I made these, I was so excited to make them. I had, I, I didn't have a record player myself and I had them printed. And um, I was so excited when I got them printed, like the test presses, and I didn't have anywhere to play them. <laughs> so I had to test them out. And I had to go to Alan's place to be like, I got records. I don't know how to play these. <laughs> what do I do? How do I use this? How do I test it out? And then I went to buy a record player. So I didn't really think it through. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it's very cool to have. It's a nice, um, yeah, it's really cool to have physical copies of something, you know, because everything now is digital. So um, I was really, really happy I did that. And I'm going to do it for the next record as well. Yeah. Yeah. Vinyl, it just, it just sounds completely different than digital. And um, so I do always love that vinyl, that vinyl sound. Now, can you, where can you buy the actual album? Uh, Is that available for sale? Yes. Um, For the vinyls, there's not too many copies left, but you can get that on, um, on my Bandcamp, so AngelaNashid.Bandcamp.com. Yeah, I'm still, I've been working on my website for a while, so for now it's still on, on my Bandcamp. Okay. Independent artist, woo There you go, and uh, we'll put links in the show notes and also on our uh, website at BringBackSoulMusic.com. Okay, so um, your first album, how was that, how was that received by, uh, and how did you, how did you push that? Oh man, the pushing was like, the only, the main thing that I thought about was just pushing the actual vinyls because it's an investment to do those. So I was like, I want to sell the physical copies and that was the main thing that I thought about. And so I did, um, it took me like six years just to get that out. Wow. So yeah, because it was a process. Yeah, because I was studying at the same time and then I was learning how to make a record learning how to do I knew how to sing I knew how to write but I didn't know how to do anything else so that was really interesting so when I finally had when I finally announced to my network that I had a record to put out I made it for pre-order and tried to push it as much as I can and 
that was uh, pretty successful and I did shows and I just I I didn't do too much of the online stuff because I didn't really know how to be honest um, and things have changed like even just putting out mercy me I realized there's ways of reaching out to cool people like like getting into things like this and there's just I was like oh this is such a different experience than like three or four years ago so <laughs> things have evolved and uh, and Spotify and all that stuff so things are changing really really fast so yeah I just pushed the record and you know they're almost sold out and uh, people really liked my acapella song I did um, a cappella track on there and that that was a, um, that's the one I get the most requests about so. oh okay yeah well, one song I really like, uh, I don't know if it's on this particular album, I'm sure it is. It's um, Sugar Eye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, the, yeah that's the other one people like, Sugar Eye. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I, I like that. I mean, that's, um, that's, uh, that's classic. I like that. I haven't had a chance to listen to all the stuff, but I, that one just sort of kind of, that one caught me when I heard it. I'm like, okay, this is, this is cool right here. Um, <laughs> Now let's talk about your latest release, uh, Mercy, Mercy Me. Uh, you tackled a heavyweight. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, you you tackled a heavyweight, Marvin Gaye. Um, what was the thinking <laughs> behind Mercy, Mercy Me? Um, say that again, sorry. What was the thinking behind doing a um, makeover or a uh, Mercy, Mercy Me? Um, to be perfectly honest, I didn't think about it at all. I just, it's one of my favorite songs. Um, and I like to sing, so I was recording and playing around, and um, I was singing that song, and I just added harmonies and put a little bass line. I was just playing around, and um, I liked it. So um, I thought it'd just be like a little YouTube thing. I didn't think it would be any, I was just like, oh, this is, you know, it's a little clip. And I showed it to Alan, and uh, the next, and I, I tell Alan that, I was like, oh, I just want this, you know, to be like bass and my vocals will just, you know, a small, simple thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then the next time I come to see him, he put all this music behind it and it's just all this like very moody, stunning, like it just, you know, it oozed a vibe. And I was like, okay, well, forget my idea then. I guess we'll just, you know, hit the ground running with this. And it just sort of evolved from there. But okay. it was really funny though, because I was like, he, he doesn't even say anything. He's just like, yeah, sure, I hear you. And then the next time, it's like, I didn't listen at all. <laughs> um, a couple other questions kind of related to that. Um, because of the success of Mercy, Mercy Me, do you see yourself doing more uh, covers like that going forward? I mean, I, I really like doing covers. I like making them really my own. Like, they're sometimes a bit unrecognizable, you know? Um, I think that's a fun... Thing to do creatively especially when it's such a classic like you don't want to um you don't want to you almost don't want to touch it you want to see what comes out of you from there you know what i mean um and it's not um intentional it's just that's that's just what happens so i i really do like doing that i did um a cover a few years ago um nobody knows you when you're down and out you know that one it's a bessie smith it's been covered a million times eric clapton did it you'll know it you'll okay. definitely know it i would have to hear it yeah, and I also did a similar, my own version is just like, it always takes people a second to be like, wait a minute, I know this, what is this? You know what I mean? It's from the 1950s, it's an old song. So I, I, I kind of like that response to a cover, just, you know, there's like a curious listen to it. So right. Yeah. The, from the creative aspect, I enjoy doing covers like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Now, uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording about, um, you know, getting music played. And what is the process if you wanted to, um, um, let's say, cover a Marvin Gaye song? What is the, for those who are uh, maybe listening and don't know what the process is to use someone else's music, what what's the steps that you have to go through? And is it, is it a difficult um, difficult thing to uh, to get done? Um, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. You you just have to get the license, and nowadays that's you know there's sites for that and things like that. Um, it would be more difficult if it's going to be licensed in a film or you know that kind of publishing. I think there's a lot more legal you know um, aspects to that and more licensing for that. But if you're just going to release a track. Um, I just got a basic license for it. So you just go to a website for that. You just have to do a quick Google search and figure out what's the appropriate to, to sell to sell a song, a digital song. Oh, okay. That, All right. so it doesn't sound it doesn't sound too overwhelming for for people to to get permission to use someone else's work. Um, to just sell it digitally, no. I think, okay. like I said, if it's going to be um, licensed in other. Video. I think once it gets into like um, visuals, then it becomes uh, a little more detailed. We'll continue our episode after this message.
Now, back to our conversation. I didn't get into that, so not yet anyway. <laughs> I said I'll cross that bridge when I get there. <laughs> okay. So, Mercy, Mercy Me, now, is that part of, is that just a single that you release, or is that part of an, an album, or? So, um, it is a single. Um, so, I'm working on two projects um, right now. I'm working on um, my next um, album, like the full album, and then I'm also working on a, um, like a relaxation EP kind oh. of thing to help people relax and wind down and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'll explain where that comes from in a second. Um, yes. But uh, <laughs> but Mercy Me was sort of um, like a prelude to that that, okay. that record, yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay, mm. so we can expect more music on that same vibe of Mercy, Mercy Me. Oh. Yes, yeah. Yeah, um, I, so, as I mentioned, I studied a lot of science stuff and um, I do a lot of wellness work and um, oh, wellness and exercise. And I realized that I did corporate wellness for a little while and people are very stressed out. <laughs> and the more I started doing that work, the more I realized that. And independent from that, I was making my music projects and it took like six years just to make my record. So I wanted to push something out faster, you know, and um, I had all these songs, but they just weren't recorded yet. So I made a lyric book and um, we decided to make the lyric book also a coloring book. So I'll show you that. Okay. Oh, so okay. It's, like, it's like a straight up. Yeah. And uh, it's got lyrics for like the next three albums and all this sort of, I have some really nice artwork from it features artwork, you can see, really? from some artists in Montreal. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And that separates each um, each album. And I made this just for the art stuff, not at all thinking of my wellness work. Because I don't color, to be honest. I like art. <laughs> but my my the things I do to relax are all music related. But apparently, coloring is very... Oh, it even comes with markers, by the way. Those markers included. Covered <laughs> everything. Without of everything, it's a full package. Anyway, so it actually ended up. It was all my wellness clients that ate that up. They wanted to color to relax and wind down and all this sort of stuff. And I featured a new song. Um, it's an unreleased song. It just you know as because I'm a musician, so I was like, okay, even though I'm giving you a lyric book, here's an, <laughs> here's something here's some music with it, some new music. Okay. And uh, yeah, and. Um, Anyway, so that book did very, it did well, and it did well with people that didn't even, I think, really care about my music. Like, they were just like, whoa, you made a book? I want to color. Like, it was this enthusiasm with that, which is cool. So I was like, oh, okay, um, I should make a soundtrack for it. So where I can make an EP that will actually, a full EP that will go with the book. So you can really, you know, if you want to relax, if you want to color, if you want to stretch, if you want to just... But it, it's kind of nice to do the whole mindfulness thing, color and listen to something really, um, I don't know, I haven't decided if it's going to be acoustic or acapella. I mean, we're going to see what's going to, at first I thought it was just going to be acapella, but I just don't think I'm in an only acapella zone anymore. Okay. So it's going to be something along the Mercy Me vibe. Okay. Now, when can <laughs> we anticipate uh, that being released? Uh, this year. 
I have no idea when, yeah, but this year. I'm, I was hoping for the spring, but uh, it might be a little bit later than that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so what else, uh, yeah, the two projects now, are you going to read the, um, um, excuse me, release those concurrently or um, at the, separately or how does that? No, I'm going to re release them separately for sure. Um, they're going to be both finished this year and I haven't decided what's coming first. I think I have to finish them first before I can make that decision. Okay. <laughs> but I'll, uh, I'll have a single um, next month. Okay. Now, yeah. are these, um, are you collaborating with any other artists besides uh, your, uh, your producer that you're working with currently? Um, well, I'm, I do collaborate with a few artists, but not yet for my own projects. It's usually for their projects. Yeah. So I've worked with um, a few Montreal artists. Um, uh, Jonathan Emil, he does hip hop and, and reggae. And um, Panther Matamuna, he's the one I, I did the song with for this. He's a rapper, but he did, we did this like really moody soul music <laughs> track. So, uh, and they're fantastic, so I do recommend checking them out. They're really, really awesome. Um, I think I've written for a few artists as well. Um, I just don't know when their projects are coming out. So, because the writing is the other big thing that I like to do. Um, but those are the main ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, tell us about this. You said earlier that you were working um, on a reggae project. Oh, that was, no, that's, I, I, I'm just featured. In oh, you just featured, okay. That's Jonathan Emil. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So that I'm the, like the non-Jamaican person or Caribbean person or West Indian person in that record. So they all make <laughs> jokes about my having to learn Patwa and, <laughs> and all the pronunciation. That's been a real riot. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's been fun. Mm -hmm. But that's his, his project. It's, it's just come out. And uh, yeah, I did like some oohs and ahs and some when he does live shows and it's, it's been really fun mm -hmm. okay now um are you planning on uh once the albums are released are you planning on uh taking it on the road are you planning on touring or um yes 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 and yeah first i got to finish the records and then oh i have i've yet to do a tour so i have to learn how to do that oh. <laughs> yeah independently yeah there's a logistics to all that stuff so um, I think I'd be ready for the, my team has to grow a little bit more to get all that stuff going, but I would love, love, love to do that. So I was hoping once the album's done, I can start to foresee how I'm going to go about touring. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we look forward to, uh, perhaps seeing you in concert, although, you know, with everything going on, I mean, who knows if concerts are going to be <laughs> any concerts for a while. So. Um, so it gives you a chance to kind of <laughs> put everything in place, I guess. One thing I am going to try, um, but I mean, it's a, a totally different vibe, but they do these independent artists do a lot of um, like Facebook live mm. presentations and stuff. So I thought that'd be cool just as um, just to like sing, you know, with either maybe not with a full band or something like that. So that is something I'm thinking of doing um, just to kind of get the ball rolling and to perform a little bit more. But uh, no, I'm hoping this time ne next year I'll, I'll be planning a tour and things like that and that coronavirus won't be an issue. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's not for another year, so we hope. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Um, but uh, It's just amazing how uh, everything is sort of shut down now. So uh, in fact, I had tickets to a concert on the uh, 21st and 
I don't think that's going to go down. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is, but... Um, it's hard on the artists too. Well, I, I can imagine because a lot of artists make a lot of money touring and I mean, that's their mm-hmm. livelihood. So that should be interesting to see how that all that shakes out. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Angela, it was uh, it was great meeting you. We have been emailing each other for a while and uh, it was finally great to get you on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It was nice meeting you too. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to add before uh, before we cut it, cut it short? Uh. No, just stay tuned. I have a new music coming fairly soon. And um, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Before we go, um, how can people get in touch with you if they are um, interested in finding out more about you or, or acquiring some of your music? Yeah, um, my Bandcamp page for now is the best way. I mean, I'm on all social media as well. So, you know, Instagram, it's all Angela Nashid. Um, so Instagram.com, Angela Nashid. Um, Facebook, same thing. It's Angela Nashid Music um, or AngelaNashid.Bandcamp.com. And everything is just, you just, you can Google me. <laughs> You'll find me and uh, I would love for people to reach out. I like to chat. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, we'll have links to all of Angela's uh, social media sites and uh, how you can reach her and how you can find out more about her music on our website at bringbacksoulmusic.com. Well, Angela, it was great meeting you. Uh, keep in touch and keep us posted on. Uh, thank you for joining uh, the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much also. All right. Well, you have a great evening. You too. Take care. All right. That's Angela. Uh, one more time on the pronunciation of the last name. Nashid. Nashid. I'll get it eventually. That's Angela Nassid on the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast, and we'll be right back. Calling all lovers of soul music. The time to make soul music relevant again is now. You've been listening to the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast with Todd Woodson. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tell a friend. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to our newsletter at bringbacksoulmusic.com. That's our show for today. I'd like to thank my special guest, Miss Angela. You can find out more about Angela on her website. We'll have links in our show notes and also on our Bring Back Soul Music Podcast. Don't forget, you can listen to the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Join us next week for another edition of the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Woodson. Thank you for listening. See you next week.